Hello everyone and welcome back to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, the show that unpacks the epic moments of Brains vs Brawn each and every Tuesday night. I'm your host Nathan Morris and we have lots to discuss this week, but before we make sure that you're up to date, you can watch every episode of Australian Survivor on Template On Demand. We've got a huge episode lined up for you this week. I chat to the Puppet Master and my good friend Luke Toki about his Survivor bucket list. Plus, we're giving you a sneak peek of what's to come on Australian Survivor next week. So let's dive in. Joining me this week is Survivor snake and fan favourite Nick Iodanza. Hi, Nick. Great to be here as always, especially on a week like this. Epic, plenty to talk about. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Oh, this week was unbelievable. And, you know, the only person that can make sense of it is Survivor Superfan and the smartest woman, I think, in any room, Shannon Gus. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Nathan. Thank you for saying that. But please don't put that on me because I can't make sense of some of this. My head is spinning. <laughs> Haley's game unraveled in this week. I don't even know what's going on. It was unbelievable. <laughs> now, guys, before we recap what happened this week, I sent you both a little gift to celebrate mm. Merge. So let's open it. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's like Christmas, Christmas morning. Yeah. I know. This is so exciting. All right. This is what I got in the mail. All right. I wonder what it oh. is. Yes. Nice. Oh. Is this... Beautiful. Can we wear them? I love them. We are now part of Fire Tribe. The Fire Tribe, what a name. I mean, I think it's indicative of the fact that a lot of games went up in flames this week, right? I always wondered if I was on Survivor where I'd wear my buff. Um, Like like a a boot tube. Like a boot tube. tube. You're right. Now we're ready for merge, guys. Yes. Oh, you're looking amazing. Now um, let's look back at the epic week that was. After 26 long days in the Aussie outback, the tribe mates tick an item off their survivor bucket list. Brains and brawn are no more. Oh my god! Oh my god! Guys, drop your buffs, we are merging! The top 13 settle on the name for their new tribe. The fire tribe! The Fire Tribe meet their first immunity challenge. From now on, this is what you see. And Emmett wins first individual immunity. The remaining players put in the work to survive the first vote after merge. The ice havoc, done. (laughs) In the game of Survivor Chess... For Laura. King of the Fire Tribe and Queen of the Brains capture Kez. But Kez leaves a piece of her legacy in the game. The players take on an immunity challenge with a twist. There is not just one necklace up for grabs. There are three. Oh, my God, that's massive. Oh, my God. Go! Three players take out immunity. Emma, Andrew, Danny gets the third and final spot. Who will be safe from the vote? Your fate (laughs) is in the hands of these three. At camp, the players take aim on a threat in the game. It turns out I have some snitches on my team. At Tribal Council, another twist. A fire-making challenge determines who gets the final vote. And begin. Emma. Daddy triumphs and votes out Baden. Luckily for Baden, he gets a second chance. Follow the path to Redemption Rock. Wait there and prepare for your chance to re-enter the game. 
Baden sets up camp at Redemption Rock and is ready to fight for his place back in the game. After a mind-melting tribal, the rest of the tribe try to figure out who they should trust. Zen Master Emmett wins immunity for the third time in a row. And he does it! Back at camp, it's King George versus Queen Haley. When you play with a big fish, you better have a bigger bite. A power struggle at Tribal Council creates a wedge between the fire tribe. You're buckling under pressure, Haley. Am I lying or am I not? Wow, that was good. It is time to vote. Haley is the scapegoat and is the 14th person Haley. voted out of the game. Haley's exopath takes us straight to join Baden at Redemption Rock. I can't believe you're here. Yeah. Jonathan tells the camp that due to medical reasons, Chelsea won't be returning to the game. Jonathan has more news. Come on in, guys. Oh. You two are going to fight it out in a duel. I could do this all night, Jonathan. After 31 days, Baden's game comes to an end. It's not all bad news. And in the final twist... Because you are the first member of our jury. Fire-making challenges, Redemption Rock, massive blindsides. So much has happened and it's only week one of Merge. But let's backtrack a bit. Before the Fire Tribe became one, Braun Tribe were fractured. Shannon, how did they get on the same page this week? I honestly think Emmett is doing a lot of good work. I think I'm learning not to judge people by their plant-based Superman covers because he's doing some <laughs> phenomenal stuff. Like, I never thought that he could get Braun back on the same page. He was very much Braun strong, and I thought that that was done. But the way he's won some key battles of relationships against someone like Haley to unite the tribe, to bring over someone like Flick, he's doing it so well. And also in a really fun way, you see the way that he uses the candy to kind of unite everyone. Jericho won his season on the back of a jar of cookies, and I think that Emmett is using similarly really fun and playful ways to kind of unify what was once a very fractured group. I have to say, um, personally, Emmett, right at the start, I didn't really get Emmett and all I saw was his bike pants. But yeah. now as he goes <laughs> on, I'm gaining a lot of respect for Emmett. I actually like him. He's a different cat, isn't he, Nick? He's he is, and he's someone who I feel like they actually do listen. They kind of default to his viewpoint. We see that um, Danny is someone who really wants to target Hayley. And I do think that the switch to getting rid of Baden was because of Emmett's influence. Yeah. And we see Danny have almost buyer's remorse the next morning that she's like, I kind of wish I voted for Haley instead of Baden. That, to me, was Emmett's influence. Well, let's talk about Haley and Flick, right? So Haley goes to Flick for help. Flick's not quite ready for that situation. Mm. What do you think? How do you think that relationship's going to go? I think that's a very interesting relationship to watch. We know from last week that Haley kind of put her neck out there and, and, and saved Flick from being the backup vote when Simon went home. So I do think that there is like some sort of like mutual respect and a, a care for each other. And I think that we saw that in that conversation. That conversation was a real genuine conversation based on respect for each other. Look, I'm not voting with you. Okay, that's fine. Thanks for telling me. Let's go our separate ways and try and work with each other. Those are two people who can keep the door open in the future. So Haley has been unbelievable, right? But, oh, my God, D 
derailment of the century. We need to clear those tracks <laughs> because I cannot believe what happened. Shannon, let's talk about what Haley's been going through. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it going this way. My heart is a little broken for the way that it went. And it, it started off on an interesting foot. I was surprised that she did lose that battle of relationships to Emmett. I mean, she has saved George. She has gone out on a limb to make sure Flick wasn't the collateral. She ends up playing an idol for Laura. By the end of the week, they're all unanimously voting for her. So, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, I guess. But <laughs> she loses that initial battle of relationships, but still has a credit to her. She has that relationship with George to make something happen. Then I think the twist really does kind of dramatize and extremify what might have happened earlier. Um, it, it limits her options. And Haley's a player who needs options, relationships, who can work with her power of convincing people. Now she has a lot fewer people to convince. So I think that really sped up what was already some pitfalls in her game. And really, from then, it just absolutely, as you said, went off the rails. Uh, the best gameplay on Survivor is options, isn't it, Nick? And it's like Haley run out. She was backed into a corner. How would that absolutely. be? Yeah, that's a, it's a tricky spot. I've been there. And it, what, what I really felt when I was watching her scramble for her life was I was like, I've been in that feeling where you know you're losing the votes. I've lost that vote. All right, I'll try for this one. I've lost that one too. And it's almost like you're watching this very slow motion car crash come towards you and you're rooted to the spot and you can't move. So I felt for her. But I do feel like, you know, I'm Haley's biggest fan, but if I had to nitpick, hey, you know, there was I a little... <laughs> okay, two big fans. There was a, a nitpick. If I had to nitpick, she said earlier to, um, to to Flick and Gerald, you know, you don't have a big enough resume. You know, you need to... When you say something like that and you are Haley, you are enticing and incentivizing someone to vote you off to get a big resume. Now, let's talk about George and Cara, okay? Um, they're playing both sides of the tribe. Double agents... Is this going to blow up in their face? Like, is this going to blow up massively where they cannot recover? Shannon, what do you think? I mean, it's already blowing up. It's like mid-blow, I would say. Yeah. Because like, they already <laughs> lose Baden to that. They do that to undercut George and Cara. They do that to kind of try and limit the flight risk that they've been. And if you see what George did in that first episode in The Merge, it was epic to watch. So fun with the double agency. But what he does is he doesn't truly help either group. He obviously goes against Braun. Because of him, they lose kids, they lose an idol. But he also doesn't truly help the brains. Yes, he gets them across the line, but if he wanted to fully help them, he and Kara could just vote with them and then they wouldn't have to burn an idol. So it's so clearly self-interested that he doesn't truly help either group. I think that transparency comes out and clearly it's the reason that they lose Baden in the very next vote due to the power of the twist that really gives Emmett and Danny that option. That gameplay is dangerous um, with Merge, isn't it, Nick? Definitely. I feel like it's fun, but it's dicey. And it's like, it's we love, yeah, we love survivor players who make it fun and who want to, you know, mix things up. But I, I, what I'm trying, what I'm struggling with with it is what is the end goal? Like, what is their, their what, did, what did George and Cara want from this? Other than making great TV, which we're very grateful for, but what do they, who do they want to get to the end with? Which side do they really want to work with? Because I, I hope they would realise that you cannot just bounce back and forth from, like, the final 12. Yeah, so, so that strategy is called the pendulum strategy. It's really, really difficult 
to pull off and especially difficult to pull off from a final 13 merge. I don't think they necessarily care which group they go with as long as they have each other, but I do think they probably should have picked a legitimate side, probably Brains once they make that flip, because you can see that even without the twist, like how was that going to go? They're already wanting to flip back. They've given so much information and ammo to the other side that of course Hayley can use it. And I think even without the twist at a point that would have organically played out. So it's a tricky strategy for sure. I feel like in their mind, it's like step one, flip. Step two, flip again. Step three, question mark. Step four, profit. But like where, you know, how do we get to that end point? Don't you think that George is just living his politics dream at the moment? <laughs> I don't fun. understand with George's gameplay and tactics how he isn't Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying on the couch last night. I turned to my wife and I was like, imagine if George was our Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, so my bus is bigger and better than yours. And it's just, I would love that. I, I would love to see George handle the vaccine rollout. I'd love to see George talk about foreign policy. Like, it's just so funny. I tell you what, they say that um, uh, snitches get stitches, right? Well, if that's the case, Hayley would be a patchwork quilt. Um, <laughs> the, the, she blew up games left, right and centre. It was like the start of Saving Private Ryan. That was insane. <laughs> What do you think about that, well, not bombshell, bombshells that she dropped, Shannon? Yeah, I mean, look, they were kind of onto it already, even without her, and she just confirmed what Emmett and Danny were already thinking about the fact that in a game that has been a lot of luck, earlier in the season, Laura did save Rachel purely due to luck. The merge wasn't one of those times. There was information leaking. So, you know, they do take that very early on in the fact that they go for Baden. That's clearly a move to weaken George and Kara. And I do think that this was the right move, especially from Emmett, who was leading it and, and showing Danny to do that. And she uses her vote on that, especially numerically. You know, Haley is a big threat. You might be able to get her out later, which they do. If you don't take Baden out now, your five brawn and their five brains need George and Kara to take him out at a later date if you've taken Haley out now. So I think numerically they did the right thing. And that was really because of how transparent George and Kyra were being, even really before Haley fully blew it up. Um, Nick, as a previous Survivor contestant, what is it like when someone spills the gameplay publicly? How, how, how does the tribe react to that? Do they lose a lot of respect? What happens? Yeah, I, I, one of the things I thought of, and not to relate too much back to my own experience, but when you see Andrew's distaste for what Haley yes. has done, I just, I just felt like I was back in season one when people were... The more you try and explain something, the less people want to hear it because, you know, you, you've, you've taken that first step and people make their minds up. And then if you keep talking, you're forcing them to reimagine all the conversations they've had that day. And it's exhausting out there during the scramble. You're now at Tribal Council getting peppered by, you know, questions from Jonathan. You know, the more you talk, the more you just add to the confusion. And I can see why Andrew and why they were just like, let's just drop Haley and reconvene tomorrow. Shannon. See, I have a bone to pick more with what yeah. Andrew was, you know, because he was the one who was most disappointed in it. But at the point where she's really spilling and trying to save her game and she makes that decision, it's only after the twist where she has no options. It's such a huge twist and she's doing everything to stay alive. She does torpedo her own game for that twist. Andrew is not an option. He's immune. So how easy is it to be like, don't do that, don't betray, let's stick together, which is something he's saying when you are not at all vulnerable. I think she did, you know, what maybe she had to do, but... Yeah, it was a painful thing to do. It was a big move to play in a very, very limited scenario. I don't see what else she could have done. Like, what? Yeah. what okay, Shannon, you're at Tribal Council, you're Hayley. What would you have done? 
I mean, I think she played it right. Like, the fact that she even, ex- like, lasts longer than Baden. Again, I think there was extreme logic there from Braun. But think about the fact yeah. that Danny has the only vote. Danny, who was called <laughs> Haley, her arch nemesis. Yeah, you know, yeah, she yeah. blindsided last week. It is kind of miraculous that she survives even that one vote. Even though, yes, she sold her soul to the Survivor Devil to do it. But, yeah, like, the fact that she made it through that, I think we need yeah. to, like, take a second to realise how improbable that is. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, I think Haley did, like, the best she could with what she had. And, and I'm definitely not Team Andrew in this, in this scenario. But what I do like is that Haley, even with all the chips stacked against her, she was still trying to manoeuvre through them. She had this piece of information. She didn't just blurt it all out at once. She was trying to drop it bit by bit. What's my reaction? Okay, not the reaction I wanted. What's the next bit I need to drop? What's the next bit? I feel like a less a, a survivor player with less finesse would probably just blow it all up at the beginning and hope that it worked. You could see that she saved the Kez Flick idol transfer. She saved that for tribal council. Now it didn't work, but at least she knew that like information is power, and I need to kind of pass this out in a way that is potentially more strategic than just blurting it. I tell you what, the one thing that would solve, there's many things that would stop me from doing Survivor, the heat, the bugs, <laughs> no food. But yeah. one main thing that would stop me would be the way I would see my personality change because <laughs> I was up against it. And we see that in Andrew. You just touched on it before, Nick um, and, and Shannon. Andrew's starting to turn and you can see he was very positive at the start and now he's starting to like go down this like negative mindset. Mentally... How much can that play with you when you are being wronged and how much can that change your personality in the game, Nick? Yeah, Survivor's almost like truth serum. (laughs) You know, the way you behave out there is almost like your core essence boiled down to its, like, purest form. And it's kind of... It's kind of scary to watch it back sometimes, the things <laughs> that you you do when your back is against the wall and whether that's because you feel you've been wronged or because um, in, in Haley's in Haley's mind, she was correct, right? She had the right read. And, and how do you convince people when you know what you're saying is correct? That's even more frustrating. So uh, like Andrew, like Haley, like George, this is we're seeing them kind of having to make split-second decisions and those split-second decisions are usually a true reflection of what you're feeling on the inside because you don't have time. You don't have time to pass it out. Okay, Shannon, you're playing Survivor. What sort of personality traits, the ones that you don't like, will be pulled out of you during this game? (laughs) My competitiveness, definitely. I mean, anyone who's ever seen me in just Survivor trivia would know that that might be worse on the island, but also I think I would just cry. Um, that would be me. With Haley, like, I do think, you know, she was desperate, obviously, to keep her game alive, knowing that she was up against it. And she's using everything. Like, you see in that conversation with Danny that she is throwing everything about, you know, building a resume, taking out other people with resumes, being their spy. And something I actually really like from this um, conversation when Emmett comes in, not to bring it too much back onto how Emmett is apparently, like, the best player, but, like, Emmett comes <laughs> in and he wants to vote out Baden for his own reasons, as we've talked about in the numbers, in weakening George and Kara, and he says to Haley, you know, if we do you this favour tonight, a favour they want to do for themselves anyway, then you, you know, will work with us or tell us when our name is out there. And it's a really smart way to just eke out some other strategic value out of that. And she is so desperate that, you know, she'll take anything. So I think there's a lot of really good strategic play happening in those dynamics. I tell you what, it's the trust factor. Just not being able to trust people, but yet how liberating to be in a scenario, and Nick, you've lived it, where you can just throw all social cues and stuff out of the window and just 
be evil if you want to be. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. You don't get it. You don't get a chance to do this in your everyday life. And I think this is why um, George is leaning more towards the the fun yet dicey side. Because whenever in his life is he going to be acting? as a complete double agent and completely throwing people on the bus and going, oh, Andrew, you know, Haley's shopping your name. Danny, did you know that um, this person's shopping your name? It's, it kind of, like, brings out this really evil side of you and that evil <laughs> side, like, never gets to be exercised in daily life. So it's like, you know, let the demon off the leash a little bit. Uh, George's gameplay, his evil gameplay, just is missing maracas. I just feel like he needs maracas every time he does something. I just, I well, get that vibe tequila. from him. <laughs> well, look, there is so much to unpack, but we're going to hear what Australian Survivor host, the man, the legend, Jonathan Lapalia, has to say about it all. That's coming up after the break. JLP, we are here at the merge. Talk to me. Big, big pivotal shift in the game. Um, does Brain and Brawn mean anything anymore? Or at this point, are they just kind of old titles? Uh, I think they're kind of old titles. You know, I mean, you really need both, particularly at this stage of the game, the individual stage of the game. Um, but having said that, it's amazing that the contestants, they still hold on to those titles, you know, and they hold them... They, they hold them up proudly, so it's kind of interesting. They want to hold them all the way to the end. So as a juror myself, I spent many days sitting on that jury bench and um, having contestants give me the, the wink, the nod, the start to pander to the jury. Have you noticed that happening or do you expect to see that happening? Uh, no, it's been happening a lot. There's, there's definitely been some jury management mm. happening from uh, from you know the tribal seats, uh, it's kind of interesting. You know, lots of people throwing each other under the bus, and they're doing it for the jury. Yeah. So, uh, and sometimes it backfires. You know. Right. Well, you can never predict what the jury's thinking. Right. So when they go back to Jury Villa, like that, what you think is a is a nice nod is actually yeah. like, do you believe he nodded at me? Like, <laughs> right. where does he get off nodding? Um, okay. Who would you like to see make a deep run into this game, and what do they need to do to get there? Um. I'd love to see George, okay. you know, because he's just such a, an interesting character and, like I said before, he's not scared to make big plays. Mm -hmm. um, and so far, he's survived, you know, and it's kind of remarkable. And Haley's really emerged as a, a, an interesting player. And Way's just had a great journey, you know? She's had a great story so far. I mean, she was scared of her shadow day one and <laughs> she's still here, so it'd be great to see her go deep also. Who from the pre-merge would you like to see have another crack? Someone who got short shrift or someone who just has untapped potential? Uh, I think maybe Joey. You know, okay. he's a big, colourful character and uh, he was great at challenges. Um, and I'd like to see him grow a little more in terms of strategy. So, yeah, I'd like to see him do it again. All right, well, we are heading into the run, the end run of this amazing game. Looking forward to seeing it all. Thank you so much, JLP, for talking to us. Good luck. Back to you in the studio. While swallowing flies, how many flies are in Australia? And melting in the heat, Nick gained exclusive access to the jury villa. Let's hear him chat to the first member of the jury, Baden. All right, we are here with the mayor of jury villa, the first member of the jury, Baden. How does it feel? Um, I think the first person to be in jury villa is not 
somewhere where you want to be. Um, you, <laughs> want, you want to be sort of like <laughs> later on or not at all sort of thing. <laughs> so I'm doing the full stretch. So what did you do to prepare to come out here? Obviously, you're a, an athlete, um, yep. but did you have to do anything um, that was specifically catered to for Survivor? Um, I did uh, a lot of stuff in the gym. I did some swimming, which I, I'd never do, normally do. Um, I, just, I didn't ride my bike as much. I did more running and sort of coordination stuff in the gym. The biggest uh, preparation I did was probably watching Survivor episodes. Okay, tell me, so what did you watch and did you learn anything from that? I hope you didn't take any tips about how I played because that would have sent you <laughs> straight to Tribal Council. Um, I was... I'm a bit of a, uh, a Dr Phil when it comes to sort of... Uh, unpicking people's brains and, and getting into the psychology of why they do things. Uh, I seem to have a bit of a knack for that. So I just sort of was watching what was happening and people's reactions to how people acted on the show. So I, I sort of concluded fairly quickly that if you're that person that's running around obviously looking for idols, people don't like you. Yeah. Uh, if you Also can attest to that. <laughs> um, if you're too strategic early on, people want you gone. Um, if you dominate in the challenges, people want you gone. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of put all this together, and that, that's my, my strategy for the beginning was based from that. And so I was just basically, for the first two weeks, I came in and just, just pretended I didn't care at all. So give me three words to sum up your gameplay. Um, relaxed. Um, sneaky and fearless. Give me a word that you wish summed up your gameplay now that you know you were voted out at the merge. Winner. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, last question. How are you preparing for the final Tribal Council? So I'm trying to figure out who would be the most deserving uh, winner, uh, who's, who's had the, the whole package, who's um, been the most strategic, and who's just, you know, a lot of people have been just floating along in other people's other people's coattails, not really be, being involved in big moves, but not doing any big moves. So are you someone who would reward someone who was a bigger player, even if they were someone who did you wrong? If, if, they, if they did me wrong, um, that would... I'd, I would give them more credit. Yeah. That's, that's part of the thing about being a juror, right, is, you know, you know, being able to park those emotions and look at the game objectively as, like, who was the, the biggest game player? Yeah. yeah. I, I absolutely would not hold those moves. I mean, you know, you always have the feelings of who you yeah. like and don't like, but, um, I mean, I was voted out with one vote by one person, so it's pretty easy to know who it was. <laughs> and I would give that person extra credit, um for having you know, the courage to knock me out when we got along quite well. Yeah. Okay, Baden. I am the original mayor of Jury Villa from season one. You are the latest mayor of Jury Villa. I think it's only right that we induct you into our secret society. I, Baden. I, Baden. Solemnly swear. Solemnly swear. To always eat three breakfasts. To always eat three breakfasts. To laze by the pool in luxury. To laze by the pool in luxury. To give excellent facial reactions from the jury bench. To give excellent facial reactions from the jury bench. And to ensure all jurors look fresh and fly. To ensure all jurors are fresh and fly. Compared to the dirty suckers still in the game. Compared to the dirty suckers still in the game. So help me, Survivor Gods. So help me, Survivor Gods. Congratulations, Baden. Welcome to the club. Thank you. You have been inducted as the new mayor of Jury Villa. Congratulations. <laughs>
Welcome back. We just saw Nick chat to the first jury member, Baden, about his time in the Outback. Now, at the Redemption Challenge, everyone was clearly cheering on Baden to win. Shannon, what path does Hayley have now that she's back? I think it's a really difficult path. I mean, there's two things she needs to worry about. Firstly, getting to the end, when making people want to work with you when the perception of her is that she's, you know, self-interested, that she sold people down the river, um, that she kind of really demolished her own game. So trying to get past that perception, hopefully buying herself a little time, maybe with something like an idol, and then really, or putting the heat on George would be a good one, and then hiding out for a little bit of time until hopefully a fracture comes for her. And then if she can get to that end phase of the game, you know, the jury is an issue. Look at how Baden talks about her game. He is a, the first juror. He's the mayor of Ponderosa. That's a really difficult one. So I think really changing that perception will be key. And maybe even sitting next to some other people who've been saved by twists or mechanisms this season. There's a lot of them. Way in the first tribal council, George by an idol. Kara went to Braun. Laura was saved by a twist. And that's only, you know, so far. So maybe she could sit with a few people at the end who have already also been saved by a twist like she has, and that might even the playing field. But, yeah, she definitely needs some time to get there. Oh, Nick, talking about odds being against you, Hayley, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's, she's got a very difficult path to the end, and if she can pull it off, that's amazing. Um, one of the things I think about is she definitely needs some immunity wins, and yeah. we saw her in that challenge. She looked like she was rock solid. I've done a version of that challenge. It is insanely difficult. And while I lasted two hours, I think Haley could have gone seven hours. So I don't think it's um, out of the uh, question to say that she might win some immunities. But um, mm -hmm. I just I think that she's got a, a tough path ahead of her. And yeah, selling debt, selling out George is a big one. Nick, while I've got you, um, what does it mean um, when you've been like voted out and then saved? How does that affect your game moving forward? Yeah, so I've experienced this firsthand, and I think it does a couple of things. One, when you have stared Jonathan down as he has snuffed your torch, it really does um, heighten your senses so that you know when a blind side is coming. And I think that kind of definitely plays out when you play the second time. You know the way that a, a, a scramble looks when it's not going your way. And you can kind of pick out the things that potentially could get you again. Um, I think that there are a couple of things that she should she could say and she could use to her advantage. One of them is, guys, I've been voted out. No one's going to give me the half a million dollars. Take me to the end. Ah. You beat me. You've already proven you're better than me. And then you can kind of like do the one-two punch at the end. Um, but the other thing I think is that it actually does decrease your threat level. It makes you when when you are voted out, it's because you know you are the threat that everyone wants to get out. Now you've shown that you are um, a, a killable, and now your threat you level drops. Human. And yeah. yeah, that you're human. Yeah, yeah. Now other people, are, uh, are perhaps their their threat level rises a little bit more. It's like, oh, well, we can easily deal with Haley. Look how easily the whole tribe was able to turn against her. What do you think, Shannon? Does it um do you come back um more cautious? Do you come back with oh my god, I've been voted out, so I know that I should step a little bit more carefully? Or do you come back just like, well, this is another free round, I'm just going to go for gold? It's interesting because I think we've seen the extremes of both in like international survivor history, something like Edge of Extinction, which is such a big twist in the US. We've seen people be like, I shouldn't even be here. I'm going to go all out and I'm playing with house money. Like even whatever I get is a gift. Yeah. And then we see people yeah. who come back and are so cautious because they're traumatised from 
that <laughs> feeling of being voted out and they just don't want it to happen again. And they're so conservative in that. So I'm interested, I'm interested to see where she takes it. It's probably not the run that she was expecting, especially a couple of weeks ago through the pre-merge. And I think whichever way it goes, it's definitely an extreme of that feeling. Nick, I feel like when um, Hayley was trying to, uh, you know, um, redeem herself, um, there's a lot of eye rolls going on. How long does it take until you believe what someone is trying to sell you? Well, I lasted, after I was voted out, I lasted like another 25 days and I spent a good chunk of the first period telling people, I've changed, I've learned. <laughs> Whatever I did before isn't working. Why would I do it again? I'm so trustworthy now, you know, and there was a good two-week period of eye rolls, but if you can hang in there after two weeks, you might eventually convince someone. It is a big, big task, though. It's a really big task. For every survivor, making it to merge is on the top of their bucket list. I chatted with Luke Toki earlier about all the goals he achieved during his time on Survivor. Check it out. Lukey, are you ready to play the ultimate Survivor bucket list game? It's the Go Bucket List brought to you by KFC. Let's go, Nath. All right, it's really easy. I'll pick some questions from this bucket and then you tell me if you've ticked them off your Survivor bucket list, are you ready? I am. Just give me one second. Oh, very important. Oh, so good. All right. Don't offer me any. It's fine. All right. Did you ever pull up a blindside? Look, I might have pulled off. Look, one. Oh, look, there's too many to count, Nath. You know, I was the king of blindsides. Uh, one memorable one which I do... Hold dearly and close to my heart was the blindside of Henry in season uh, uh, two. They write it on cave walls. It's legendary, don't they? <laughs> the blindsiding of Henry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to know, um, were you ever blindsided by a tribe mate? Uh, look, um, I wouldn't say I've been blindsided to the point where I was... You know, I've sent packing. I've yeah. been sent home packing. But uh, there has been times where blindsided by Dave. Dave went home and the whole tribe got us. And that was, that, yeah, that, it was hard because to see a friend go home, but I was also blindsided. You should not disrespect the king. You shouldn't do exactly. it. Exactly. What's the most memorable blindside you witnessed on Survivor in your experience? Oh, um, I did like my one on Abby. Yes. I don't. It didn't play out for me how I wanted to play out. I wanted to win the game, but uh, I played a advantage and I blindsided the jury. I blindsided Jonathan and I blindsided the whole tribe. So that one for me is just you know uh, that was one of my best and one of the most memorable as well. All right. What's something on your Survivor bucket list that you would like to have done but you didn't get the chance to do? Okay. So this is uh, it's. Controversial because it's such a hard thing. So it's the final challenge. Yeah. I fell short. I didn't get a chance to compete against two other tribe mates to potentially take out Soul Survivor. Um, but then again, who wants to sit in the rain and the ocean for nine hours oh. again? So it's, I would love to have been able to compete. But then yeah. again, uh, when I'm at home, I'm like, oh, maybe not. No way. I've seen those final challenges. Not in a million years. All right, let's talk about um, hidden immunity idols. I think they're on everybody's bucket list to get one of them. Mm. How did you use your idol? <laughs> My one idol? My one idol. I played it wrong. Uh, I wore it around my neck in tribal uh, on, the, on the down low. I played it 
with a move with the Golden God. And look, he got he played it right. Yeah. Uh, if the votes landed on me, I would have went home. So I did play it wrong. Someone else went home, but it was wasted. Is that your idle regret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I threw it away. You know, it didn't. Oh. It wasn't used proper. All right, where did you hide your idol in camp? Well, it was hidden in my bag or sometimes in the ground, but there are players that do the dodgy and they search your bag. I've seen it firsthand. Uh, I don't know if you should be doing it. I've never done it myself, but people will pat down your bag and try to look for, you know, something hard, thinking it's a... Well, <laughs> But they're not allowed to steal your idol, are they? They can find it and they, say you've got they, it. They, can yeah. they steal it? No, they can't steal it because it's in your possession, but it's still a, it's knowing that you've got yeah. it. So if you've got it, Nathan, you've got it in your bag, as soon as you go to the well, I'm checking your bag and I can, you know... Oh, that'd be scary yeah, if I yeah. go yeah. out in the, out trust... in the jungle because then they might find it. Well, then again, if you're hiding it in the, in the soil or something, people can follow you. It's, it's risky, you know? You've got an idol, you need to protect it. Survivor's a risk, mate. Survivor's a risk. Oh, this is a good one. This is all about making fire, mm. all right? I want to know, did you have trouble making fire with the humidity <laughs> of an island? <laughs> well, have you tried to make fire in the rain, Nath? <laughs> okay, because of the wetness? Yeah, I and think fire that... don't mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I that... did science. Yeah, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no fire. No fire in Fiji, no fire in Samoa. A uh, bit easier to make it in the outback. So I know. Is that, does I that guess... make you a bit jealous, seeing the fact that they can literally click their fingers and get a spark and start a fire over there? Well, when it's 60 degrees, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's so much easier when it's hot and dry. So, yeah. hey, look, good on them. They made fire. OK. They do say on Survivor, fire is life. Mm. Is that so true? Uh, well, it is, because if Jonathan <laughs> puts out your torch, that's it, you're going home. Yeah. Uh, but in the outback, you could probably start it again pretty quickly uh, because it is so hot. So, look, yeah. Uh, how frustrating <laughs> is, is it when your tribe doesn't have fire but yet you get your torches lit at tribal <laughs> and then you can't take them back there and start your own fire to cook some food? Well, that'd be cheating, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, you, know? uh, you look, you, yeah, especially if a couple of days in and you haven't started fire, you can't cook rice. Yeah. You're eating rice that's just sitting in a pot of water. Well, while we're on the topic of food, right, this question isn't in here, but okay. I need to ask it. All right, it. you've got one. Rewards challenges. Okay. All right. How good would something like this be as a reward, uh, a reward in a challenge? Well, Nath, I have actually won a KFC reward. Oh, was that amazing? Yeah, so we were deep in Merge and we all sat down around a KFC reward table. I remember And this. there was so much, like, chicken and chips and stuff. Uh, we, yeah, we enjoyed that meal and that was oh, one of my highlights, actually, from the show. OK, then, so this is the question that I'd love to ask you. If you're on a rewards challenge, right, and you're having a KFC feast, okay. all right, and there's a whole pile of chicken left over, okay. can you, are you able to get a, like, cheeky zinger fillet, yeah. put it in your pocket yeah. and take it back to everyone at Tribe? Can that happen? Uh, it, no, it can't happen. Oh. But it does not 
change the fact that I did try to steal a drumstick in my pocket <laughs> yeah. for later. Uh, you always try to, but um, production are pretty quick to shut that down. I tell you what, if you came back to camp after eating that, I'll just get you to breathe into my face for about an hour and that would have done me fine. So many Survivor achievements by this man. Let's leave it there for this week, but we'll have some more Go Bucket List questions for you next week. You keep eating. I mean, don't offer we'll me any. I'm we'll fine. Do. Let's go to a break. No, don't worry. I don't want any of that. <laughs> Almost time for us to go, but first, we're going to award an imaginary trophy. Well, you know what? No, I think the stick of achievement for the biggest play of the week. Shannon, where is your stick mm -hmm. going? Oh, my God, where's the stick going? Well, I don't want it to be lost, but I really love that merge vote. You know, it's so cool and fun, especially from George and Haley. It might have had its pitfalls, but it was so fun. But for the move of the week, I really probably have to give it to Emmett. Not 100% sure what's going on. But, yeah, maintaining and that Braun tribe, getting them back on the same page, I didn't think it was doable, and he has done the impossible. So he gets my stick. Like I say, Emmett is just blowing me away. I think he's I fantastic. Yeah. Now, um, Nick, it's your turn to... <laughs> Please don't ask me where the stick is going. I'm asking you where the stick of achievement's going, Nick. Answer the question. <laughs> OK. Well, the stick is going to George. I'm giving George my stick. <laughs> to him. <laughs> Sorry. Um, George is great. Uh, I, I think you like to give George your stick a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So the reasons why is that merch vote was fantastic. He saw that Kez had an idol. I want to get rid of that. I'm going to play both sides. Is it um, safe gameplay? No. Was it amazing TV? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did the person he wanted to go go home? Absolutely. Um, and I also really loved that even after Haley basically like selling him down the river for being the double agent, um, he didn't go home. So I feel like there is definitely some social capital that he has. I don't know how long he's going to be able to hold on to it for, but I loved it. I tell you what, and um, just kudos to Haley as well for winning that um, uh, uh, challenge on the pole next to Baden because he's a cyclist. He has strong legs. She comes from the Brains Tribe. Like, she did such an amazing job that week. So I, I love to know where your sticks are going. That's fantastic, guys. A big thank you to Shannon, Nick and Luke. Keep watching Australian Survivor Sundays, Mondays and Tuesdays at 7.30 on 10+. Plus. Don't miss 10 Play's first episode of Jury Villa with Baden on the Australian Survivor show page. Now, get ready for a little sneak peek of what's to come on Australian Survivor. We'll see you next week. For today's challenge, you're going to be divided into two teams of five. Want to know what you're playing for? Yes. A trip to the Survivor Outback Pub. <laughs> where you will enjoy a KFC feast. With chicken, chips, coleslaw. And of course, there wouldn't be an Outback pub without ice cold beer. Worth playing for? Let's pick teams. Oh my God, I've been craving KFC. Please, KFC Jesus. <laughs>